like that song, uh, and I'll tell you why. If I won't, remind me, I'll tell you why. But if you forget, that's, that's on you. Uh, but I like it. There's, it's, it actually goes well with, with what I was going to talk about today. But Arnett, you remember me from Moscow? You do a little bit, that, that weird guy? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I remember you, like you were what? Six, five, somewhere around there? Yeah, it's like we all we talked a lot. We played. I remember I was so happy when Pasha Pasha was like, we met. We started talking and talking. Pasha likes talking. I like talking. It was like you know perfect match because you know he would talk, I would talk, and just it was good. And then he brought Arnett to the office a couple times, and I remember you from there. It's 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 amazing how years go by, and then you know different souls go different ways, but it's good to see you here. It's good to see you to want to sing for God and singing for God. Um, one thing I want to say about Florida, it's, you know, uh, it's no rains, just hurricanes, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so whenever, it's not, <laughs> whenever it's not shine, sunshine. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if it's something happening with my blood, uh, but... Uh, I, it's harder and harder to survive the heat. It's like, I mean, it's doable. It's just that this was like really hard. Before, like 90 was okay for me. Now it's, I don't even know what to do. I'm, I'm very happy that we have, like every time I need to go something, like we have three stories in our house now and I can go to the one that's almost like halfway in the ground and I'm like, oh, this is so good. I could be here. <laughs> like I could just live here. <laughs> so, but... Um, I'll tell you another one last funny story and then I'll start talking about, you know, this stuff you see here. I don't know if you can see it, you know, nobody beat me up. Uh, and this too, it's just like I, I'll tell you one thing. When you have, when you have a recycling container, you know, and it's like, you know, a little bit on an uphill and you have the wheels, you know, a turn pointing downwards, don't get into it. And, and try to shove everything in, right? Like, don't, don't, don't jump in it. Um, I won't tell you how I know that, but just trust me. Um, anyway, one, one thing I want to say, everyone knows, if you guys know me, you know that I try to maximize pretty much everything in life and, like, you know, fit everything into the trunk that, you know, you can't fit and uh, hopefully not break anything inside. Um, you know, like... Garbage especially, like I don't like big, you know, I don't like, like, I don't want to pay six bucks more for a bigger container a month, so I'd rather, you know, sh you know, compress it, um, and yeah, like, there we had neighbors, you know, the guys that just coming up, pulling up to the garage, and, you know, he sees me jumping on that uh, container, he gets out, he runs up to me, he goes, you want mine, you want, don't, don't worry, I can, I can lend you mine for the week, it's all okay, but anyway, so, it's pretty late at night, and I'm, uh, you know, saving money, uh, compressing, you know, into the recycling bin. And then the thing just flies from under my feet. Um, I, I'm, like, somehow, I can't do that if I want to, but, you know, I didn't want to, so it happened. So I rotate in the air and then start uh, flying my back uh, backwards uh, or front forward, uh, I guess, Miss Denka by about a foot, and uh, we had we were laying out 
uh, like you know what pavers are? Like foot by foot, you know, square pieces of concrete. You just put them like um, you know to make nice way to walk on. And so I miss those those pavers with with my head like maybe a few inches away. Uh, you know, of course I got up and, and I said, I'm fine, fine, yeah, totally fine. Uh, and then like then the pain just coming through uh, everywhere. Um, but I just want to say, you know, the reason I was saying that is like we get we we get so into something, and we don't even realize that God is still protecting us. You know, we go before bed, and in the morning we pray, we say, blood of Jesus, and, and stuff like that, and then, and then, you know, it's a green light, you start, you, you, you're supposed to pull off, somebody starts beeping at you, you know, and, and you're not, and then a semi-truck runs a red light. You know, I had that happen in my life. And something like this, you know, you, where your life could be done, you know, or you could, you could be impaired, anything could happen to you, but, but God protects us, you know, he saves us, sometimes he doesn't, uh, you know, we know our, our brother is, you know, going through surgery right now, and, you know, it's not like he's less holy than somebody who was protected, who didn't get into something, um, and not vice versa, but I'm just saying that, I'm just saying that when we give our lives to God, there is, there's, Somebody and it's God who's working on our lives very, very, very precisely, right? Like I was watching Ray Comfort's video. He goes, you know, we're not far away. We're not too far from the sun and not too close. We're exactly in the position where it's enough for our tomatoes to ripen, you know? And it's, it, that's how God, that's how precise God is. And, and it's effortless for him. You know, that's how he is. He's, he's, you know, he thinks about things that we would never think about, the way we could never think about. So I just want, you know, just want to say, you know, I like talking to you guys. I like being here. So I just want to share this, you know, little things, random stuff. But let's pray and, and ask God to speak to us today. Amen. God, we come here before you, Lord, and, and we come to you, Lord. We didn't come to a person. God, we didn't have, come to just have fun here, God, just to sing, just to do the routine just because we come here, God, but we came here to you, Lord. We came here for a date, for an appointment, God, with you, Lord, to meet you, Lord, to see you, to, to, to have our eyes enlightened by you, Lord. We want it, Lord. We want you, God. We want to learn from you, God. We want to be changed by you, Lord. We want to be light and salt in this world, God. We want to be somebody who is who you're proud of, God, who you look at and smile, Lord. I want to put a smile on your face. And God, we thank you for, for gathering us here today, God. We thank you for, for bringing us as a family, God, for bringing us here as your children, Lord. We're so, we're so thankful, Lord, that we are not orphans, that we were not left alone in this world, but we're, that we're yours, that we have a Father who loves us, that we have a God who can save us, that we have a God who cares for us. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, and we just honor you, God. We just honor you in our hearts, honor you with our, with our lips, God, with our actions, Lord, with our thoughts. We give it to you right now, Lord. We give ourselves to you, God, and we expect, Lord, we expect to receive from you, God. Not, we're not taking it as granted, but we just know that you're a great God, rich in mercy, wisdom, grace, in knowledge, and God, that you can change us, God. We, we came, we come here tonight, God, to be changed, Lord, to be transformed by you. We pray in the name of Jesus and we believe, amen. So, when we, were, when we were worshiping and praying, I was thinking about, um, you know, about like, if you think about olives, right? I don't like olives, uh, just 
just uh, just say that. You can say amen to that. Yeah, there you go. I feel so much better. Um, uh, so I know there are still probably more people that like it, uh, but as long as I have some group of supporters, you know, that's good. Uh, so I don't like olives, right? Um, uh, and Diva doesn't like them too. Yeah, there you go. He says like that. <laughs> So I'm happy for you. You can have my olives, okay? Um, and mushrooms too, yeah. There we go. And, and steak with butcher paper on. Yeah, that's another story for another time. Uh, but anyway, you know, it's, if you look at an olive, there is really not much to it. Um, olive oil is, you know, is pretty expensive if you don't know that. Um, but, you know, the olive... An olive does have oil in it, right? That that everyone buys. That you know, even I I like olive oil. I think you know, it's apparent people say it's not good for frying at certain temperature and stuff like that. But you know, before we were, you know, we knew this great information. It was good, right? It, people would make people would make um, you know different things like creams and lotions out of out of olives. They, you know, they would use it for salads, and it, you know, people would just drink olive oil because it's really good for you. Um, it's valuable, right? And there were times when it was really, really expensive. So now we can mass produce everything. We're like almost cloning things, you know. But uh, when you buy real stuff, you know, <laughs> it's expensive. So, but an olive, to extract that valuable oil from it, uh, what do you have to do to it? Press it, right? You have to crush it. Um, and, and, you know, it goes through a mortar. It's like you really squeeze it out. It's not comfortable. The olive is not, like, it's not floating in oil um, to produce oil. It, it hurts it. Um, another thing, if you take a seed, right? We heard, hear about it so much. But if you take a seed, like any seed, what do you guys like to eat? Like the best fruit that you, you know? Yeah, what? I think the best fruit is dried mango, even though it's not a fruit, but, you know, dried, it's not a fruit anymore. But anyway, dried mangoes are really good, right? Uh, Rainier cherries are great. Some apples are great, right? Raspberries, okay. Uh, What? Dragon fruit, oh. Peaches, right. You see, you see, I'm I'm, I'm stirring up up your appetites. That's good for fruit. Um, So, but before... You know, that grows before the fruit grows, right? Somebody planted the seed somewhere. It was dark and, you know, in dark, uh, wet, pretty pressed in conditions until it died. And then it started growing. So what I'm saying is, you know, it, it takes a certain condition for value to be produced in our life. For value to be produced out of us. Oftentimes we're preparing for something, we're collecting something, and we're hearing God's principles, we're hearing God's voice, we're hearing His will, we make vows to Him, we make decisions, um, and they don't, you know, that's good, but they really start getting put into action when you're pressed. They really start getting, act- getting activated under some heat, uh, or cold, it depends, right? Um, but in some extreme situations, they're not activated in just, you know, standard, standard conditions. Many, many, many chemical reactions happen from pressure or heat, right? Um, sometimes it works the same way in our life. The title of my message is today, and it might sound uh, like not related, but it is, is who advises you? Who is your advisor? 
Today, I want to I want us to think about like start thinking about you know who you give your ears, eyes, your heart, and your mind to. Who do do you do you even choose who to listen to? Do you let God speak His plans into you into your life, or do you let devil just plant self ambitious, self centered emotions and thoughts into your life? Do you have God the friends? What do you read? What do you listen to? What do you watch? Do you have any filters in your life at all? Or do you just take in everything that comes your way? Absolutely anything. Anything I see, anything I hear, anything I read, it's all fine. We should know answers to these questions right away. Because we should have been thinking about it for a long time by now. If you haven't, I'll just tell you, start thinking about it. Start praying about it. Start meditating on that. And everything I'm saying today, I, I trust. I'll, I'll just tell. I'll just say this: I do not hate you. I do not judge any one of you. There is, there is just something that I really want you to start thinking about. It's something that has changed my life. It is still changing my life. And I'll just be. I'll be open. You know, sometimes when I see, you know, what some of you say or do, or or how some of you act. I can tell that you haven't been thinking about these things. You haven't been filtering these. You know, the words that you use. And I'm not judging you. I'm just, I'm just saying this. Like if somebody would be, you know, like I was watching Ray Comfort's videos recently. And, and he goes, if you're on a plane and you're planning to jump off with a parachute, like, and you see your friend next to you, you know, he has the parachute on, but it's not like buckled in, right? So as soon as he, you know, drops, jumps off and pulls it, it's just going to get off of him and he's going to be in a free fall, you know, like doing it the crazy way. Um, like, wouldn't you tell your friend, right? Wouldn't you want your friend to tell you? I, I, of course, you know, we, you know, we can get really nitpicky and, and Jesus says, you know, take out, to take out the log out of your own eye before taking out a speck out of your brother's eye. So there's a balance. But I really prayed about this. I really think it's not just for you, it's for me too. So please take it with, with you know, with the heart of love on your end, and just know that I love you too. So whoever has, whoever has your eyes, your ears, your mind, your heart, has you. You can say anything you want. You can say, I'm going to do this, this, this. You can say, I'm going to do ABC, but you're going to do the XYZ that, that, that the one who has all of those things in your life says. If devil has you, if devil has you on the hook, you're going to follow him. If God has you as a servant, as a slave, you're going to do what he says. It's, it's, it's just that simple. You can say whatever you want. I can say whatever, whatever I want. If I don't let God set those anchors in my life, if I don't let God, you know, kind of, kind of hook me, hook, hook me up and lead me, doesn't matter what I'm going to, what I'm going to say I'm going to do. I'm going to do, you know, the one who has control over my ears, over my eyes, my heart, my mind, he will lead me. He will control me. So we often hear, you know, this is a very, this this subject, we can, you know, there's many, many different, you know, faces or very different sides you can approach it from. But one thing that I want to talk about today is, it's very, it's very, very, everyone wants to know that, um, and it seems like nobody ever figured this out, which is, though it's pretty simple, um, but, you know, you hear this question, how do I hear the will of God? How do I know what the will of God is for my life? How do I do 
you know, how do I know, you know, what God wants me to do? And, you know, different, many different phrase, many different forms of that question. But it's the same question still. And that's what I want to talk about, is I want to talk about, about hearing, God's, hearing God's voice, hearing, you know, knowing His will. And we're going to start a little bit backwards, but I'll bring you to, to a point, I promise, at least I hope so. Uh, Galatians 1, 15 through 17, it says, Apostle Paul says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace to reveal His Son in me, that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confirm with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. A few interesting things. First, Arabia, it's a, it's a desert, right? It's like, it's, what? It's Saudi Arabia. It's not Saudi Arabia. Oh. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, some, from what I know, from what I read, is Apostle Paul, you know, it says, I think anywhere between 8 and 14 years, right, that he went to a desert before he even entered uh, ministry. So when he says, you know, in this verse 17, he says, I went to Arabia and returned to Damascus. And it's not like I, you know, went for a walk and came back. It's years from, you know, we don't have that in the Bible, but from from historical information, that's what we that's what we gather. So another thing that he says, I did not immediately confirm or consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. See what Apostle Paul does. It, it, it's there's a principle here. He. When, when, when God revealed something to him, when God revealed something in him, he did not run to people. He did not go and, and you know, and uh, try, let me try, let me see. Um, so God wants me to, um, you know, start doing this thing or to move to this country or to move or to get this job or to quit this, you know, something, right? And he did not start thinking, let me find in, in those who are around me, around me, in my surrounding, let me find a person who matches that situation the, you know, the most, and let me uh, tell them what God tells me, uh, and then see what they think, and I'm also going to make some plans and calculations and talk to this and, then, and that person, and just you know, gather overall understanding of how it, how it is and get advice, um, and see you know, if I really should do this, and if it's God and, or not, and then somewhere in the middle you even forget that it's God, you don't, you don't have that confirmation or testimony that I was God, and it's done. You, you already lost it. I mean, when you start thinking that way, you already lost it. Another thing, he didn't even go to apostles to start, um, to start, you know, like say, oh, apostles, you were apostles. And, you know, God made me an offer to become an apostle. You know, uh, you know what do you say about the job? You know, is it a good job, good benefits or not? Should I do it or not? You know, it's like he didn't, he didn't even start doing that. You know, I'm not, by no means I'm saying, uh, you know, to disregard you know, leaders or authority or the Bible especially, right? But I'm just saying he had a different reaction. He immediately went away. He went into a desert. He went somewhere where it's not, is it pleasant? Not really. Is it crowded there? Not really. Is there a lot of partying there? Not really. But one thing that was absent in the desert, can you guys guess what it is? Other voices, right? Other voices were not there. That's a big deal. You know, often we hear, we hear people telling us, oh, you got to do this, or you got to do this, or you got to do this. Our parents will tell us, you know, I, I'll say this, even the most sincere, best leaders in our church can lead you away from God's will in your life. 
Not because they want to, but because they, they, God did not speak to them what He spoke to you. When God speaks to you, take that to heart. Make it very, very, very precious. Treasure it. Guard it right away. Don't let, write it down. Guys, I am learning that. Write it down because you're going to forget. Because you're going to forget, emotions will die down, your, your memory will fail you, especially when it comes to God speaking to you. You're going to, devil is going to try to do everything he can to bombard you with thoughts, emotions, events, whatever, to override what you just heard from God. Some of the things, some of the things that lead you through life that God speaks to you, I, you know, Marina and I were talking about it. It was years ago that God said something, and now you hear it. I look, at, I look back, back at our marriage, and it's been 11, 11 years now that, you know, that we've met, right? Maybe a little bit less. No, about 11 years that we've met. And, and those, you know, those, I remember God, you know, what, what God spoke, when God spoke to, to us that, you know, I mean, you realize that, you know, I realized that, you know, we were made for each other. Uh, and, you know, it is very romantic and stuff like that. But more than that, through all these years, there was nothing better than knowing that this is God's perfect will. You know, no matter how, how great she is and how much I love her and, you know, how great I am, uh, you know, <laughs> and thanks for laughing. I know, I know you guys don't know, it's, you know, it's not true, but, uh, you, know, not, you know, I'm pro- <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty great, you know, uh, not, not, you know, anyway, just kidding. I, I, I am, you know, I'm not ideal, right, by, by far, but I just, you know, I just, just the fact that God spoke and, and, you know, that's what he wanted. So when, you know, when I, you know, when something is not, not the way you want in life, when maybe you don't understand each other, you know, it, it, just so you know, it can happen in life. It, you and your wife won't understand each other. Or you'll hit a situation that you've never dealt with before. You didn't expect, you didn't plan, you didn't know what to do. You're stressed, you're tired. There's, you know, there's tons of different situations. But in that time when you know it's God's perfect will, it's so comforting. And it's not comforting like, oh, like, oh, did I marry the right person or not? But it's like, you know, this is, you are, you did exactly what God wanted you to do. He, you are with the person that he created for you and you were created for this person. So you understand you got everything you need to go through any, absolutely any situation. Right? I, it's like, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about, um, you know, about different situations. I had so many I had different, you know, I made good decisions and bad decisions in life. And, you know, I just knew, I was like, I have the wife. You know, I have, there's no wife that would match me. This is just the one, you know, out of like, you know, who knows, millions or whatever. But it's my perfect companion. And I have nothing to worry about because I know with her, you know, we're in this together. I know we're going to go through this. I know God will take us through this. And it's even more important with God. When you, when you are with God like this, when you're not with God like, you know, did I choose right? Should I, should I have started living for God now or maybe later? Um, or is it the right God? Or, you know, you got to be sure. You got to know who, who you are walking with, who you are living with. And it's, I'm sure that, about that in my life. And I know when God speaks to me, I don't have to keep, you know, go running around. Now I'm learning this. And, and when you will receive something from God, when you will hear a word from God, 
it's gonna, sometimes it's gonna take time for it to come true. You know, it's not gonna be immediate. But something that, you know, something that Paul did by, by going away, by going away into the desert, by, by leaving all the voices behind, by leaving everyone else behind, by leaving this, the, the surroundings, the, the, the environment behind, and going somewhere where there is nothing, where it's like, it's all flat really, and, and only God stands up to you. He, he let God do these things, some of these things. He let God define good and bad for him there. To define, you know, our take, our opinion of people, you know, of, of preachers, of, of, you know, friends in our lives. God defined that for him. Our take on different situations, meaning of true success and of, of failure. Our calling and what we're supposed to do. Some of these things are never, you're never going to hear, you're never going to know what they really are. How, you know, what's the real definition of good and bad? You're never going to hear or know that, or you're never going to get a, a definition that doesn't change unless you just listen to, from God directly, unless you, you, keep, you keep your ears and eyes open for Him and you let Him speak, speak to you about what those things are. In, um, and I know most of us want to hear from God here, and in John 10, 27, it says something very interesting. It says, my sheep, towards the end of the verse, says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Isn't that perfect world? Isn't that what we want to do? Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, I want to do that. I certainly want to do that. But you know what? I, it's interesting that Jesus calls uh, you know, us sheep, right? Yeah. Did you ever imagine yourself as a sheep? You know, I, um, I know... We put Denka into a, like for one of the Christmases, right? I think we dressed him up as a, huh? He was two. We put him up in, um, into a sheep suit, you know, and he was supposed to be one of the sheep. And uh, he had a different idea about who he wanted to be, so he was very, very grumpy in the evening afterwards. And, and Marina comes up to him, and he, she goes, she goes, Tutuli, why didn't you want to be a, a, a sheep? You know, like, what's, what's wrong, you know, with you? Everybody wants to be a sheep, right? Uh, and then he goes, I wanted to be David, King David. <laughs> so, so, you know, we would rather want to be, like, you know, Samson's, Elijah's, uh, you know, who else do you want to be? You know, David, you know, uh, you know, even Saul before he, you know, went down the hill and stuff like that, right? So we want to be, you know, great characters. Nobody wants to be sheep. Um, but sheep you have to be, you know, if you want to uh, do this Christian thing. So um, something interesting about sheep, right? Think about them. How do they learn to recognize the voice of their shepherd? You ever think about that? It's like with, with, with our kids, um, many people can, you know, can tell them different things to do. Um, and they're very active kids, very good kids. Uh, but it's like for some reason when... Like, I laser focus my attention on them, and I tell them something. Especially if I, if I say, do this, or, you know, then they fill in the, the blank. Uh, or Marina does that. You know, some, some, there's something that makes them listen, right? They know the voice. They know who speaks to them. There's something there. If you think about it, when David, you remember how it says that David was uh, playing the, uh, what do you call that thing? The harp. For some reason, I think the harp is like a per percussion type of thing that you have to blow into. Anyway. Okay, thanks. Thanks for an English 101 lesson. I uh, appreciate it. So anyway, I was just 
thinking that way. But anyway, so the harp, right? Uh, so he was playing on that thing um, for them. And it's like the, the shepherds, um, if you think about it, they stay through the night with the sheep. They protect them from wolves. And they're in many different situations. Um, but they're together with their sheep. There is a lot of time when there's a lot of time when they're there with their shepherd and, it's, and nobody else, right? It's their shepherd, and that's how they learn. That they learn, you know, the, probably the tone of his voice, the vibe, you know, everything. They just know. They know when he speaks. They know when it's not somebody else. There's a video on YouTube that shows how people call and they try to mimic the voice of the shepherd, and it's like, no matter what, and they're just like, and just you know, eating the grass. If that was the sound of that, if you, special effects for you guys, um, you know, and it's just like death. And then as soon as the, the true shepherd comes, they hear his voice and immediately they gather up to him, right? That's how we have to become. But the question is, are we willing? Are we willing to go away? Are we willing to, like it sings in that, in that song, right? When everyone's gone, when, it's, when it becomes quiet, right? It's everybody leaves. Where do you go? Where do you go? When, you know, when some hard situations strike, when you lose something, when your mood is, you know, down through the floor uh, and you don't want to do anything, where do you go? What do you start reading? What do you start looking for? Who do you start talking to? You know, I know a lot of people that when they are in a hard situation, they go, oh, I just need to go unwind and, you know, do something I need to, you know, go play something or, you know, go do something crazy, you know. Okay, but what does that do to you, right? What are you gaining through that? And there's nothing wrong. I'm, you know, we know relax is a bad word now. Uh, you know, my kids, every time I say relax or something, it's like they're, Dad, that's a bad word. <laughs> so thanks, Ruby. Um So anyway, but I'm just saying, not you, Ruby, the other one. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, it's, uh, there's not... That's not wrong, but who do you seek in those situations? Where do you go? What do you want to hear in those situations? Right? Um, the point I'm trying to make is learning to hear God's voice is not very cute. And I'll tell you why it's not very cute. Because very often when we need to hear God's voice, He's going to tear us away from someone or something. I, I want to tell you, if you are saying that you want to learn to hear God's voice, um, don't expect that to be, you know, just fluffy animals. It's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's going to hurt. It's going to be cold. You're going to be alone. You're going to have to learn to stand alone. You're going to have to learn to stand alone. David says many times, and you know, he, like I called out to you from, you know, from the depth. I called out, called out to you like my enemies surrounded me. I cried out to you. Some of the psalms where he, when he cries out to God are not, are not the best situations. You have to be somewhere where it's just you and God. And I'll, I'll give you another thing. When you are in a situation where you have tried everything you had, all the ideas you had to try, you've tried and they have failed to get you out. When, when there's no way out, when all your friends have exhausted all their advice, all their help, that's exactly the situation where you hear from God. Guys, I, 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 you know, it's stressful. I don't like those. But it's when those situations happen and there is, 
there are no more ideas to try. There is no more, you know, advice online. And you know, when you go and you know search for something, and then you have already clicked all the links. You know, it's, I'm talking about you know to people like you know that, for instance, if you have some legal stuff, somebody sues you or something, you gonna you gonna go and figure it out. And you know, too bad. It's there's no answer for you there. There's no like one-click help button uh, that's gonna solve your problems. That's when you're gonna hear God. You know, remember like. Um, when, when uh, Job, right, for how many chapters? It's about like 36 to 38 chapters in the middle. He, you know, he talks, and then his friends give him advice. And he talks, and his friends give, them, give him advice. And then the guy, you know, guy number four shows up, and, you know, it's like, man, this is fresh, you know, maybe this guy helps. And then in the end, what happened? God started speaking that's when he was revealed, when God answered, I mean, relieved. That's when God answered to him, right? But through that whole situation, it was hopelessness. It was, it was down, you know, as down as you go. And he was, you know, he was like, the Bible says that he didn't sin, but he was like, if I could only, if I could only, like, you know, argue in a good way with God, if I could only, you know, like, bring my case before God, if I could only speak to him, that's all I want, that's all I want. That's what he was crying out, and and he even said to his friends, you know, you're useless helpers, right? Because he wanted help from God. He wanted God to speak. He wanted God to answer. But it takes, sometimes, very often, especially in America, especially in this whole information age, you know, when information is flooding to us from all different areas. If you, if you don't go to malls to shop for something, you know, they're going to bring emails to you and show you, look, this T-shirt is so needed. Right now, you know, put the Bible down. You know, you need the T-shirt because it's going to make your life different. It's going to change your life. You're going to buy it, and it's going to come in the mail. You're going to put it on. It's going to take all your problems away. And, you know, then you realize it doesn't fit. You have to ship it back and all this stuff. But different story. But anyway, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, you, you, um, you are bombarded by information, especially right now. There is a billboard. There is, you know, there are stores anywhere you go. There's information, emails, text messages. People tell you different stuff. You know, you need to this and that and, and this stuff. But have you been in a situation where you don't even want to eat? Who was in that situation? Can you tell me? You guys, you guys won those situations. Trust me. You won them. When you don't want to eat. I mean, first of all, some of us are trying to lose weight, you know. <laughs> that, that helps from that perspective, but that's not what I'm talking about. There's, there's different weight that we need to lose. You know, the weight of this world we need to lose. We need to lose, sometimes we need to lose feeling burdened to do something, to go somewhere, to always keep up, to just keep going, keep running, keeping up with things, catching up on stuff. And there's no room for God to speak to us. And then he brings us into a situation where it's really a desert, where there's really, there's, you really don't want to text anyone, you don't want to talk to anyone, you don't really want to... The only thing you want is you want to read the Bible, you want to talk to God, you want to hear something from Him. And, and you know what? And you go and start doing that, and it feels like you get more and more dry for a good period. And I did not like those deserts, and I don't like them now still, but I know there is something, there is great treasure in those. There is great treasure hidden in those. When you are going through those situations in your life, you are starting to be laser-focused on God. Laser-focused on God. Do you know that um, there's an optical trick you can do when, like, even during the day, 
if you put yourself theoretically, there would be a big, long um, tube that you could fit into, like about, I think it needs to be like uh, 18 or 12 feet long in the ground. If you go to the very bottom of it, during the day, you can see stars. During the day, you can see stars because that's how your eyes adjust. That's how you really start refocusing. You can start, the light is out. I mean, the sun doesn't, it has to be in a certain position, but you can see the stars during the day, right? Who sees the stars during the day now when everything, when you're just in, you know, here on the earth and comfortable, right? You don't. But there is, there is a certain condition where you go where you can see stars during the day. And I'll tell you this. If you really try to live a Christian life, you will need to see the stars during the day, you know, figuratively speaking. But you will need to hear God where nobody else hears God. You will need to hear him in a way that nobody else can hear him. Maybe, nobody, maybe everybody else is, you know, fine, and, you know, maybe that's their stage in life right now. But, but you need him now, and you need him. You really, really need to hear from him. And he's going to put you in situations where, you know, you're going to hear him. He, he wants you to hear him. Um, there's tons of examples in the Bible. Just sometimes we don't notice them. Um, something before we run through those examples, I want to say God is going to give, give us ideas. He's going to give us, he's going to give us his plans, his desires for our life. He's going to say his will to us. But... Until we're going to get into the situation where we can hear from him directly, we, you know, when it's during the day and you can see the stars, if you, you know, if you don't learn to go to the desert, he's going to, he, if, you know, if you really want it, he's going to take you there. He's going to take you to the desert. But what he wants is he wants you to, even in the crowd, even if the crowd goes that way, God tells you to go this way, he wants to get you to a point where you go that way without, doesn't matter what the crowd wants to do. And it's not like the crowd, I mean, not always bad crowd, I mean, even church, even in church. Because God can't speak to us. Um, you know, he can't send, he's not going to send a message to every single one of us. There is a great, there is a great relationship that we can develop with God to know where he wants us to go, to know what he wants us to do. That he needs to get, get us to a point where we're going to, you know, obey him without condition. We're going to obey because we'll love him, because we'll want to obey him, and because we'll learn to go away and be alone and to do what he wants to do. But when, when we're going to start doing what he wants us to do, uh, it's very possible. It's, you're not going to have everyone around you cheer you up. You're not, you're not going to have like a cheerleader group, you know, out of Christians. It's like, oh, go, 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 you know, go. You're doing such an awesome job, you know. Awesome, awesome, go. You're not going to have that. You might not even have feelings that you need to do it. You know, very often, it's actually, we're going to go through those examples, but very often, God gives you something. He gives you, you, you feel it, you know it, and you get it, you start doing it, and then, and then God, like, walks away, and, and you're doing it, you know, still in emotion, you know, like, you know, have that, you know, emotional uh, boost, you know, and you do it, you just heard from God, Right? And then you do it, you do it, you do it, and then, you know, people start, you know, beating you down or opposing you or something doesn't go the way you want. And then, and then you, like, start, oh, God, you know, like, like, what about this? He goes, do it. And he steps away. And you have to do it. Remember how it was with Moses? Moses led the people of Egypt. And then, and then God said, you know, those people that you have let out, that's what he said to Moses. He said, What's wrong with you, boy? You know, he took those people out, deal with them. <laughs> and why? Because God likes to, because God is like that. He's dropping responsibility 
Not like that, no. But because he wants to know where you're going to own some things as your own. Where you're going to own the things of God as your own. Where you're going to think, God gave me this. It's not just God's, you know. I'm not a hired person. I'm not like you know somebody who was paid to do this because it's comfortable or it benefits me. But it's, listen, this is mine. I am doing this. This is mine. I want to do that. And God is going to... God is going to let you, you know, deal with smaller things like that where you're going to make a decision for God and then you keep up with that decision and then you know, people start laughing at, you and laughing at you and, you know, like mocking you for doing that and then God is going to step away and you're going to like, God, why am I not feeling this? Where is this passion? Where is this burning desire? And like, you know, why am I not pumped up about this? And God is going to, you know, look at you and, and just, just see how can you do, can you do this? Is this your own? Or is it just emotions? Is this your own or is it just emotions? Why are you doing this? Because you believe in that or because it was just comfortable? Because it was just, you know, good feeling back then and, you know, and that's it. Apostle Paul, when he was going through his life in different, different situations, especially he was in Rome for two years waiting to be, you know, at the mercy, quote, quote unquote, of Nero. How could you, two years, you're in jail, in Roman jail, and... It's just a matter of time. It's not a question. It's just a matter of time um, of, you know, it's just actually, no, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of emperor's choice of how you're going to be uh, executed, uh, whether, you know, to be quartered or, you know, crucified upside down or, you know, maybe some other very, you know, creative things that they're going to do to you for two years. That's all you're waiting. You know, they're just going to decide how to execute you. You are sitting there writing letters. You're preaching to people that are gathering to him. Jews there in Rome, he got them together. He goes, guys, I want to tell you my story. I want to, you know, he wanted to con- get them converted. How? I mean, it's like, what's the, you know, what drives you to do that? You know what? It's when it's your own agenda. When, when preaching God is your own agenda. When defending truth is your own agenda. When that's yours. Because if you don't, you're going to doubt it. Trust me, you are going to doubt it. But uh, I'll tell you this. When you get a new job or you get a job or anything you do in life, right? Uh, Like a job. uh, You know, if you need food and money, you go there and then you start thinking, oh, should I have done this? Should I have taken this job or should I have done another job? Or, But you know what? It's like you need money. You got to work, buddy. (laughs) So it's like you own it. And then you figure it out. It's like, you know what? I'm going to do this you know it's like they pay me money every hour I, I'm here even when I'm not sure if I should be here or not they pay me money so I'm gonna keep going and you know it's not you're not gonna be paid money uh, some people will but you know most of us I hope actually I am actually you know hoping that I will never be paid money to do ministry in my life um, just because that's that's what I want uh, but you're gonna get things to do in life for God there is gonna be no visible benefit there's actually maybe will be no benefit. The only benefit that God, that God wants to get us to a place where the only benefit we're looking for is the success of what God told us to do. And that's it. That, that's where we got to get to. And if you look at Moses, and I just mentioned great example, right? Joseph got a great dream, perfect dream. And then he ended up like, you know, being sold into slavery, betrayed, uh, accused, falsely accused, in jail, um, you know, I, I'm wondering, like, if I would be Joseph at that time, wouldn't you guys think, like, God, where are you? 
like, didn't you tell me all these great things? And I, you know, accepted your offer. And I said, sounds great. You know, my parents, my brother is going to, you know, uh, respect me and bow down before me. I'm, I signed me up, you know. Uh, but it, it, took, it took him to go through all those things. He was alone in jail. He was alone in, in, in that pit. And he was alone in Potiphar's house. He was alone in so many situations to, when then he could get to a point and he could not, he could get to a point where he didn't want to execute his brothers because it was something, you know, there was a bigger agenda that he had. He had God's, God's agenda. He realized the purpose of God in his life and he wanted to make sure that that succeeds. He was not distracted by, by vengeance. He was not dis distracted by, you know, squaring things up. Um, Jeremiah, is it, was it Jeremiah that was dropped into the, the pit? Right? With like, um, look at it. You, pre, you, you speak, you are the lips of God here on this earth. You are the, the voice of God. You are saying the things that God wanted you to say. And where do you end up? You end up in this, you know, miry pit, dirty, you know, where you're going to die. You know, you're going to rot, right? It's just like not the pleasant place to be. Especially, I think it was like in a palace where nobody was. I think it was the, the part. Of the, of the land where nobody was there. They just dropped him out there and somebody said, hey, pull him out because he's going to die. Right? That's, that's about the story. Um, really, you just spoke God's word. You just said something. You just did the will of God. He was the voice of God, the very voice of God for those people that time, that place. And this is what he gets. Elijah ran away from Jezebel. Right? And he goes, God, take my life. This is how good he felt. You know, this is how you feel sometimes. God, take my life. But God wants us to, he, he, and God told him, you know, get up because you got work to do. You, you have to anoint kings. You have to set another prophet up for yourself. You have an agenda. You have purpose. There's something else you got to do. But it's going to be when we're going to be afraid doing God's will. We're, we're going to be alone. We're going to doubt it sometimes. Don't expect when you sign up to do God's will. For things to just be smooth sailing from there. You know, I often caught myself thinking, I was thinking, if I could only do, you know, ministry full time. And I was like, like hold on. Am I ready for that? <laughs> because sometimes we're forced to think, you know, when we do God's thing, it's going to be smooth sailing. And it's not. It is not going to be that. In fact, now I know when I need to preach or when I need to go to to mission trip or something, I'm just like, okay, where are you going to come from? You know, it's like, who, where, where is the devil going to try to bring me down, you know? I'm waiting for something to ruin my mood. And not that I'm expecting and believing that, but I'm ready for that. You know, it says like, you know, whoever stands, you know, watch that you don't fall. And if you don't watch it, if you're just thinking it's going to be all polished up, you know, it's not going to be polished up. It's not going to be clean. You are never going to do God's work clean. It's going to get you dirty. David. How long was he running away from Saul? Dennis? You? Somebody? Isn't it you? Somebody corrects me every single time I say it. It's like it's 17 years. I know I could. 13 or 17? Okay. Around 15 years. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere there. Um, I could use the days and then you guys wouldn't know if it's right or not. All right. Uh, but, you know, he was running out for years, for over a decade, for sure. Running away from Saul, not in good situations. In caves, running away, running away, running away. And then 
God got him to a point where, where Saul was there. He could kill him, but he was better than that because he had a different agenda. He wanted, he wanted God's plan to succeed, not his own plan to succeed. Amen? Gideon, where did God find him? Hiding, <laughs> right? He was hiding, not in a very, not, not in a palace. You know, I'm not against good things. God, guys, trust me, I'm not against, I'm fine about, with good things, but we, we need a little bit of salt and pepper in our life. We do, because even the best food, without some spices, it sounds, you know, sometimes it tastes bland, you know, especially stuff, stuff like tofu. But um, I did eat a tofu burrito a few weeks ago. This is okay. With all the spices, it was fine. I couldn't believe myself I was eating it, but I did it. Um, Hezekiah, when did he call out to God? When did he hear God, like, like unbelievably, right? Joshua, when did he hear God? In a battle, right? It says that God never heeded to man like, like that day. And Noah, you know, oh, such a great person, right? Hundred some years building an ark to, I, I know, I said hundred some years, um, building an ark to save people and animals from the rain that never happened before in the, in the land, right? It's like, it's like, I don't know, think about something really, really crazy right now. It's like, you would think that a person is insane. He heard God, he needed to do that. And obviously, nobody believed him because he was the he and his family was were the only ones who were saved, right? Because nobody wanted to participate or get into the ark, right? It's like nobody, so alone. And finally, Jesus. Think about Jesus when he said it on the cross in Matthew twenty-seven forty-six. He said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" God left him. He was alone in that in that situation. And and trust me, when he was going through the whole thing. It was not easy for him. Nobody was cheering up for him. Nobody was saying, "Job, Jesus, come on, another step, another step, do it." You're, you know, rock star. You know? Nobody was saying that. Nobody was making him feel comfortable. He was going through that. He had a different agenda. He had a purpose. The reason I'm saying that right now is because we're going to be in situations that are cold and hot and uncomfortable and too long and not the way you planned for. If you're going to do God's will, that's how it's going to be. That's just how it's going to be. But we're never going to do things of God unless they become our things. And for them to become our things, we have to. We just have to let God bring us into a situation where we're alone, where we are, you know, where we're learning to hear from him, where we're learning to hear the voice of our shepherd, where we know when he speaks to us and not somebody else. Even when it gets loud and there are many voices, we have to get to a point where we are going to go away. We're going to go alone by ourselves if needed, but after God. Amen? Amen. So that was my, that's, that's why I call it who advises you? Who do you listen to? Who leads you? I'm going to leave you with this verse. I'm not going to leave you, but I'm going to uh, say this verse and we're going to pray. Revelations, Revelation 21, 7, and it says it many, many times, uh, that type of phrase is many times throughout that whole book. It says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son or daughter, right? So, you know what it says? It says, he who overcomes. Is it easy to overcome? 
it's not easy to overcome. Is it easy to push through? It's not easy, easy to push through. Is it easy to pray when you don't feel like praying? Is it easy to keep it up, keeping your word to God, to keeping your vow to God, to keeping, you know, to, to keeping, you know, you're not, first of all, you're not going to even do that. I'm not going to do that. If it's not going to become my own, if I'm not going to start defending God as my own, defending his word as my own, defending his truth as my own, defending what he wants to do on this earth as my own, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to, I, I'm ready to like almost guarantee it that you're not going to preach to people everywhere, you know, not, I'm not saying even big way preach, just like, you know, your neighbors or people, you know, you take a taxi or you go to park or you buy something in a grocery store or somebody you work with, you're not going to preach to them if that's not your own. If the desire to save them is not your own, you're not going to do it. But for it to become your own, you have to be willing to go with God into the desert, into cold, wet places, into lonely places, into places where nobody wants to be. At the time when nobody wants to be there. You might, you know, somebody, everybody wants to be here and God tells you to go here. Everybody wants to be here, God tells you to go there. And until we start, you know, sort of proving to God, that we're ready to do that, he's not going to open up what he treasures. He's not going to open up the treasures of his heart to us because he doesn't want it to be, you know, he doesn't want us you know, to trample that as pigs and, and just you know, do nothing with it. He doesn't want us to mix it with dirt. It's something that's very, very valuable. But I believe that we're a bunch of people here that does want to go after God, that does want to learn to hear God's voice, that does want to go, that does want the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who's a comforter, who's so gentle, who's our counselor, He is the one who took Jesus into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by devil, right, by Satan. That was the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit could see past that. The Holy Spirit knew there's something way greater than that. And then he came out in the power of the, in the power of the Holy Spirit out of that desert. He did not come down, you know, even from heaven he came in as a baby, right? But that power, that's something that just, it says that, and then there it says, he, then he started preaching the repentance of sin. Then he started preaching the kingdom of God after that. And... You know, those deserts, those lowly places are not fun, but that's exactly when, where the shepherd takes us. That's where you learn to hear his voice because, you know, it's very easy to then lose it. But then, you know, at night when it's you and the shepherd, you know, and, and another thing is that it's not a sheep one by one. It's a flock. You, you will be surrounded by people that also want to hear God at night. And also want to hear God when there's nobody, when there's a risk to be eaten by a wolf, by a lion, by whoever else. But they want to be there. There will be people around you that want that. And honestly, honestly, I'll tell you this. I, I love all of you guys, but I would, I would, any day, I would much rather be around people who are honestly seeking God, who are ready to lay down their lives for God. To me, those are diamonds. You know? Those are just, just gold. And, and I want to be around those people. And, and it's a privilege for me. And I want to be one like that for others. I want to be one who really, really, really seeks God. Amen? Let's stand up and, and let's pray. And, you know, when you close your eyes...